This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The more diversity of thought of the people working at tech companies, the better. The blockchain idea was around 91, the same idea of in the digital world, we need verifiable documents. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Market Scale Technology Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes and stay tuned in to upcoming episodes, we're dropping them consistently. Make sure you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also find more episodes of this podcast and our other industry podcasts at marketscale.com industries. So for all of us who have the ability to work from home during this pandemic, it's become very evident how essential remote collaboration tools now are for a productive remote workforce. If the case hadn't been made before, it definitely is being made now. Productivity, task management, text and video communication, all of it has become a digital mainstay for the atomized corporate work life that we're dealing with right now. So how is the market for remote workflow tools reacting to this increased need? And how will that market continue to grow? And how will those tools continue to be useful once we return to the office and things get more or less back to normal? For context and perspective, we're speaking with one of the biggest players in the space, Cisco. I'd like to welcome Aruna Ravichandran. She's the CMO of WebEx and Collaboration at Cisco for some great perspective. Aruna, welcome. How are you doing today? I am doing great. Thank you for having me on this call. Absolutely. Really looking forward to unpacking this with you. So let's just jump right in. What has the response been from your clients during this pandemic? And what have their remote work needs been over the last several months? Um, Why are they wanting to solve those needs for, I guess, essential productive work? So a lot of our customers have had to jump in and adapt overnight to what is going to be a new normal. So the new normal is about being able to do remote work. So if you look at WebEx, our customers, 95% of Fortune 500 are our customers, and most of their knowledge workers, their employees became remote workers practically overnight. Um, in the month of March, what we did was we basically commenced a study with uh, a bunch of CIOs in order to see how they're actually adapting uh, their employees towards remote work. And what we found was that uh, they shared with us that most uh, of their employees are actually using collaboration tools. So when you think about collaboration tools, these are video conferencing tools. These are rich chat tools. These kind of collaboration tools are now like bread and butter. It's like air almost because you can do remote work without these kind of collaboration technologies. And and the other thing uh, the CIOs also shared with us is that it's not just about the collaboration tools. While they are, you know, bread and butter and almost like air and water, I would say that it also requires a cultural change, change in behavior for managers in terms of how do they manage remote teams, change in employees in terms of how they actually deal with remote work. Uh, Because a very, very few jobs are actually done in isolation. 
And so when you think about what has become the new normal, which is about remote work, being able to collaborate, being able to partner, working together so that work gets done, goes just beyond meetings. It's all about the conversations so that you can actually continue to deliver market leading products and solutions. Have you seen any specific differentiators between the needs of public or private organizations? You know, are, are government clients of yours dealing with increased security needs or anything that is reflecting differing work dynamics between different work environments? Uh, or are most institutions dealing with the same kind of, um, of issues? Um, you know, so there is, I would say, we have always invested and will continue to invest with respect to security and privacy. So if you think about um, security, security has become extremely important now. It's always been important. You can't ever compromise your customer's security or their privacy. But now in this remote work, that's actually brought to limelight a lot of different use cases. And so if you think, if I just go back to what our customers believe in, then you think about web access, um, you know, security has always been in our DNA. We have always invested and we continue to invest heavily in both security as well as privacy. With WebEx, we have actually built security from grounds up so that we can actually provide end-to-end -end security for our customers. Uh, and, and we pride ourselves in terms of not just security and pri privacy, but also in terms of being transparent with a lot of the security cyber governance which we actually have in place here within the company and so to go back to your question and answer that i would say there is there uh, is there been a change in terms of security i would say there is a lot more focus on security given that remote work has brought in a lot of additional new new use cases so telemedicine is another new use case There is virtual learning. Even our um, judicial systems, uh, I read an article uh, last week that uh, the court system in Minnesota had their first virtual summons. Who would have ever thought that you would see that kind of a, a use case emerge given remote work? And so uh, even if you think about mortgages, a lot of uh, people still want to continue to close their homes. And so title companies are using uh, video conferencing technology in order to basically uh, continue to make work happen. And so I would say there is increased focus on security and there is a lot of additional new use cases which we never thought were there uh, before. They were there but they were not pre predominant. And so telemedicine, virtual learning, uh, judicial systems with respect to virtual summons, uh, real estate closings, and even remote agents are some of the new use cases which we have actually seen in the last couple of months. With Cisco being one of the major players in this space, uh, I'm sure y'all are dealing with the increased demand and we're you know, it, I guess to the best of your ability, anticipating it uh, as it started to sweep across the globe. How is Cisco responding to this increased demand? Can you quantify any of the growth and demand that you've seen in the last several months? And uh, where geographically are you deploying the most solutions since the pandemic is a global force right now? We have seen an unprecedented growth of, uh, for our, our solutions. So uh, we have hosted 14 billion meeting minutes just in the month of March. And this is almost double of the number which we saw in the month of February. And in one day alone in March, Webex actually handled 4.2 million meetings, more than 2x average on a typical peak day before the pandemic actually hit us. 
And if you think about the number of registered uh, users and attendees, we had a record 324 million attendees just in the month of March. And if I had to compare this for WebEx meetings, we had 153 million attendees uh, worldwide in the month of January. So if you look at the numbers from an attendees perspective, we have almost doubled the numbers uh, in the month of March. And we are a global company and we operate at global scale. And so our growth is actually sourced from enterprise expansion, as well as all of the emerging new use cases, which I talked to you about around telemedicine, around virtual learning, uh, around remote agents, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so for us, uh, our priority is to be able to not focus on one particular vertical or one particular industry or one particular geography. We deploy our solutions and we have seen an unprecedented demand across for our solutions globally. I'm sure this is revealing um, some of the strain of digital infrastructure from clients, at least, that are needing to deal with uh, the realities of remote workflow, um, you know, throttled uh, consumer Wi-Fi, lack of gear, all that kind of stuff. Um, how are you seeing your clients react to those digital infrastructure needs um, adapting to this remote workflow? Has this posed a challenge for the transition? And uh, has Cisco stepped in at all or, or given any advice for that transition and, and beefing up that digital infrastructure? Um, we have seen a mix across our customers. For existing Cisco WebEx customers, they're already familiar with our tools. As uh, you know, when we, when we talk about collaboration tools, it's not just WebEx meetings or video conferencing. You know, the tools we uh, you have to think about when you, uh, especially when you want to advance remote work, are video conferencing or audio conferencing. Audio conferencing is pretty much table stakes, but the world has gone remote video conferencing because people want to have that personalization in terms of meeting with uh, their customers, their partners. So video conferencing is one. Then there is WebEx Teams, which basically provides you rich uh, um, chat capabilities, instant messaging capabilities, as well as gives you the ability to do file sharing, gives you the ability to do whiteboarding. You know, think about design teams. They still want to continue to uh, design and work across the board. And so uh, you also have to be uh, familiar with a lot of the other tools uh, across the board. So when we th th think about our entire collaboration technologies across meetings, teams, calling, and even contact center, uh, our existing customers are already familiar with their tools and they know how to basically leverage their tools in real time as they've transitioned their employees to remote work. But mm. for new customers, like I said, we have had unprecedented amount of increase in scale uh, and usage for our products. Uh, we are, they have had to react to the situation because they were not prepared for the situation. And so they had to think about rapid deployment and adoption. They had to think about network readiness because they had to think whether they have the ability to scale the network in order to basically uh, think about this kind of scale in terms of remote work. Uh, they had to think about administration and configuration because a lot of the IT employees also have to work from home. And so they still need to continue to administer and configure the underlying software and the devices. They had to think about audio, video, as well as device management. 
and if things break down and you know in a perfect world we you know you would want everything to work perfectly but things definitely break down and so you also had to scale your technical support so that you can provide troubleshooting issues across the board and that's where our contact center software actually comes in where remote agents are still able to provide a continued support and a rich customer experience to their underlying uh, customers business continuity so what we have also done is we have actually built an external facing website uh, which is webex.com/covid19.html as well as webex.com/business uh dash continuity.html in order to basically provide a lot of feedback to our customers and here you have a lot of various different tools for our customers to continue to leverage uh, as they go through the transformation for remote work uh, there are a lot of webinars there are a lot of trainings and these are not just product focused uh, they also talk about the cultural transformation people need to go through as they transition to remote work right so because right. cultural transformation is a big part of that and so you have we have videos we have blogs we have a lot of best practices document as you think about scaling your network scale, think uh, think about uh, transitioning your employees to remote work and so i would definitely encourage the audience to basically go to webex.com/covid19.html uh, uh, in order to basically understand uh, and get a, a access to a lot of the rich tools we have actually developed for the community the cultural shifts uh, are i think an aspect that are less talked about during this pandemic probably because they seem less immediately essential um, but i think they are incredibly important because um, those cultural changes within the workflow and how people will quite literally socialize uh, with each other now more more digitally and now coming back to the workplace post-pandemic, I mean, what, what does that look like, right? How do we continue to utilize these tools? How uh, has the uh, workplace environment changed um, and how do we readapt? Uh, how has Cisco refined its advice for um, some of those cultural changes that you're going to see because of the pandemic? Uh, you know, how has Cisco developed its thought leadership on that and what are some of the main points of advice that you're giving? Um, so when you think about it, you know, we have a framework which was already in place and, you know, it fits very, very well when you think about future of work or workplace transformation. And so we have adapted it into three different elements. One is about being able to provide uh, the necessary tools, technology, how go through the right cultural transformation as you adapt to the multiple different work styles. When I talk about work styles, you know, currently in the workforce today, we have dealing with a quad generational workforce. You have, you have the baby boomers, you have the Gen X, the Gen Y, and the Gen Z. And uh, according to one of the articles I recently read, um, by 2025, 75% of the workforce worldwide is going to be made up of millennials. And so uh, the tools, the technology, and the cultural transformation which companies need to go through have to adapt to the multiple different quad-generational work styles. And so we as a company, were already thinking about that, and I'll give you a little bit color on on that in a uh, in a moment. The second area we also focus on is about being able to think about the workspace. And so uh, uh, workspace is another important part of the narrative, but now during this pandemic, workspace is your home. 
And so being able to uh, have the rest necessary tools and technology, as well as a lot of best practices as people actually shifted to remote work is extremely important, uh, especially at this particular time. And last but not the least, the third uh, philosophy we actually have is about workflow. So work style, workspace, and workflow. These were the three different pillars which we had a framework when you think about workplace transformation or future of work. When you think about workflow, this is what is the right technology do you actually need? Uh, the technology could be video audio conferencing. This could be rich uh, messaging tools. Uh, this could be the calling tools. Uh, this could be, uh, you know, security tools. Uh, this could be your, uh, you know, tools in order to uh, empower your remote agents to work anytime, anywhere. And so the third one is all about the technology. The number one and number two is includes the technology as a part of the mix, but it includes more than technology. And this is where the cultural transformation becomes extremely important. Uh, and so if I now think about how is this pandemic actually going to transform the world as you think about it in the future, right? So in the future, we are going to see a lot of benefits when you think about a physically optimized uh, workforce. One of the examples is that being able to shift the remote work to create a wider pool of skilled labor that extends beyond your current geography. Who would have ever thought that, right? I mean, most of the employers always want to hire employees in that particular geo. Now, given that remote work and the necessary tools and the cultural transformation has actually started to take place, uh, employers will be able to hire people across multiple different geos. And, and, and so that's one benefit. The other one is that there were already studies in place which shared that you know remote work also enabled and increased employee engagement and productivity but at that particular time you know there were not these kind of best practices in place both in terms of being able to help teams work remote as well as help managers manage remote teams now that there are so many different paradigms which have come into place we at cisco actually have a lot of uh, um, additional resources for our own employees i would think that this new remote work is going to become the new norm more and more employers are going to be much more flexible in terms of being able to enable their employees to be able to work from home. Employees, on the other hand, are also going to become much more um, uh, yeah, much more they'll they'll basically flex in terms of being able to use a lot of the conferencing technologies which they wouldn't have actually used in a face-to-face -face environment and so i would say you know the whole office the future of work is going to be reinvented uh, and and employers are also going to think about some of the additional fringe benefits they're actually going to get out of this uh, one of them is going to be cost savings right so real estate is going to be expensive and so if you shift your employees to and, and provide them with much more flexible remote work, you get a lot of additional benefits. One is you get carbon footprint savings. You, you'll be able to promote much more of a greener earth. Uh, the second benefit is that you'll be able to reduce your real estate costs because the cost of real estate is increasing exponentially around the world. And so by being able to provide the tools and technology and being able to provide the cultural transformation, you'll also get the benefit of uh, letting the employees work from home and so you'll be able to get reduce your real estate investments. And then the third benefit you'll also get is uh, much more of a productive uh, workforce. 
uh, you they don't know no longer need to commute to work and many people actually have an hour commute think about the time savings think about the resource savings think about the productivity savings and think about lastly the uh, one of the most important elements is about the carbon footprint savings and we as a company uh, here at cisco uh, we um, uh, our dna and principle is all about being able to encourage our employees in order to continue to work uh, um, in order to be enabled to ask them to be much more safer in terms of what they're doing and so cisco is playing a tremendous role in terms of being able to contribute uh, to the underlying community as well as the society yeah i'm also really interested in seeing how the modern workplace evolves coming out of this pandemic if uh, employers are going to lean into these remote workflows and encourage them, or maybe we'll see split workflows. Uh, employers might have employees only come in, you know, two or three days a week, work from home two days a week, uh, because this has given time to really refine that process and see maybe it's more efficient for us to encourage our employees to work from home a few days a week. Maybe we go completely remote and, like you said, save on um, costs individually for commute and parking and, and you know, saving on our time, but also potentially saving on um, costs for renting a commercial property to have your uh, office based out of. So I, I think there are some really big domino effect, um, I guess, potential scenarios coming out of this pandemic. Um, I, I want to pick your brain on that just a little bit more. What do you see as maybe some of the cultural long-term effects of this period where we have a more physically atomized but digitally connected workforce? Do you see the workplace as a whole, or you know, at least the corporate workplace, uh, dramatically shifting and embracing that physical um, separation, but that digital connection? And if so, how do you see companies taking the digital tools they're needing today and adapting them for uh, whatever this new work environment looks like when we're out of the pandemic? Uh, like I said, uh, you know, shifting to remote work gives a lot of benefits. Um, you know, like I broke up the benefits, productivity, employee engagement benefits, um, carbon footprint benefits, cost savings benefits, real estate uh, savings benefits. And uh, um, the other bigger benefit is also being able to attract uh, the younger generation. A lot of the younger generation also, also want to have flexible work and they call that out in a lot of the studies which I've actually read. Um, and so if you think about how tools can basically play a big role, I would say to the tools will play a tremendous role as you think about future of work. It provides a different way for people to actually continue to collaborate, communicate, and come together and continue to be much more productive. Uh, it means that the business models are actually going to change tremendously, right? So we, I touched on some of the use cases earlier. So let's dig in into some of the use cases. So remote work, by I would say, would become the new norm. There is no doubt on that. And employers are automatically going to be much more flexible in terms of being able to allow their employees to be able to work from home probably two days of the week or three days of the week and depending upon what they actually think would fit culturally within their current environment. But outside that, let's look at some of the additional use cases which have emerged as a result of the pandemic. One is virtual learning. 
many universities uh, had online learning but it was mostly for uh, uh, you know being able to uh, educate uh, their um, you know professionals probably for di through distance learning uh, but right now given the pandemic most of the universities as well as k1 to 12 education have automatically to remote work do you think they'll continue in that way i would say probably not but what i see emerging out of the virtual uh, uh, education use case is that many more universities will now figure out that this could be an additional uh, opportunity for them in order to educate a lot more of students which they don't have in their current pool so they'll be able to offer additional virtual learning classes to students who were not able to get accepted into their university or who did not have the means to basically uh, come and get educated in that particular location so i would think in virtual learning it is going to open up additional work streams and additional use cases for universities as well as k1 to 12 education in order to continue to leverage this uh, in specialized use cases another one is telemedicine you know given this pandemic and given that the healthcare system would actually break down more and more hospitals as well as caregivers are all actually shifting into telemedicine use cases so what do i mean by telemedicine it's about being able to provide prognosis diagnosis and care using virtual collaboration technologies so doctors can actually provide prognosis diagnosis and care by connecting safely uh, with hipaa compliant collaboration tools like webex is a hipaa compliant collaboration tools so they can can actually deliver the care using video conferencing technologies they'll be able to exchange information confidentially because security is extremely important in this particular use case as well uh, they can continue to do that as well uh, across the board uh, using video conferencing technology and so we have seen a huge increase in that and i would think the telehealth use case is going to basically uh, continue to evolve and you will see a lot more telehealth use cases as hospitals basically shift into this particular use case uh, and again i would say you know um, the tools uh basically are going to open um a lot of additional grounds like i said virtual summons in the university of minnesota not university of minnesota so the state of minnesota had their first uh, virtual summon um uh, using video conferencing technology actually using webex i would think that are they going to do that permanently not at all but they're going to have they have so much load in the system so they're going to actually offer that as an additional opportunity that is something which i actually predict and so all of these new use cases which we have seen come through during the pandemic i think are are going to have the opportunity to still stay and uh, basically change the way people actually are going to work as we move past the pandemic i'm really glad you brought up the um, telehealth and telemedicine use cases because i think that's one of the ones that uh, is most immediately applicable uh, considering we're in the middle of a pandemic uh, some of those tools are going to be incredibly important um especially since the digital infrastructure is being built now for some of the care organizations that maybe didn't have telehealth and telemedicine capabilities now might be able to reach um, some of the most unreachable folks in their um you know in their community and provide them basic primary care uh, whereas before they couldn't so it's interesting to see how these tools are going to have those ripple effects and you know maybe in a you know in a 
uh, an industry like healthcare, it's not like everyone is going to be working from home, but these tools are going to be useful regardless for day-to-day workflows. Um, so I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up. That's some great context. Just to wrap up here, Aruna, um, what does this mean for Cisco's business and how it will adapt its sales strategies to whatever the reality looks like coming out of this? How is Cisco aiming to support some of these industries that are either looking to go full remote workforce now moving forward or are looking to integrate these tools more permanently, even if it doesn't completely replace their workplace environment? Uh, what does this mean for Cisco? Um, I think from a Cisco perspective, you know, it's it's going to be we'll completely embrace the new normal. We have always been, um, you know, one of the leaders in this particular uh, space. Uh, so 95, like I said, we provide collaboration support to 95% of Fortune 500 customers currently. In the future, we expect to see an increased demand for our solutions and our platform in additional use cases and verticals, like I said, with healthcare, education, remote contact center agents, uh, read banking, um, and uh, various different uh, verticals. Uh, I don't think that the tools will be um, relinquished. In fact, people are going to see more than ever how important and valuable collaboration technologies are going to be uh, in terms of being able to help them uh, accelerate work. uh, I also think that our sales strategy is completely going to be focused on helping our customers transition uh, to WebEx, being able to help them, um, you know, as they basically continue to progress their work across their board. Uh, I, w- I also want to end saying that Cisco is contributing $2.25 billion in financing in order to support business resiliency. We are committed to helping each other as long as it's actually needed. Our goal is to actually provide payment options to our customers uh, at this particular time in order to basically help them continue to maintain productivity and business continuity while minimizing the cash outlays. And so this is being offered through our Cisco Capital and there was a press release around that. Uh, yesterday. Uh, in addition to that, we have also con- made a promise. Our Chuck Robbins, our CEO, has actually made a promise of being able to contribute uh, $225 million in terms of software, in terms of our uh, additional engagement with the community in order to basically help beat and fight uh, the, this pandemic. All right, Aruna, thank you so much for your time on the podcast today, breaking down these really timely and critical insights. Again, we've been chatting with Aruna Ravichandran. She's the CMO of WebEx and Collaboration at Cisco. Aruna, if people want to find out a little bit more about what Cisco is doing in these uh, unprecedented times and if people are looking to uh, tap into these resources, where should they go? Uh, They can go to, um, like I said, there are three different websites. If they actually go to cisco.com, there is a business continuity page where we basically have all of the offers, all of the key things we are actually doing in order to basically help the community. So our website, cisco.com, but they're, they're specifically looking for additional information around collaboration, around WebEx. Uh, I'm not talking about it from a product perspective. I'm also talking about it from a use case perspective. They can actually go to cisco.com, sorry, webex.com uh, slash covid19.html. The cisco.com would be the first website I would recommend them to go to because there is a business continuity page link right there. 
which would be which would give them a wealth of information on all of the various key different things which we're actually doing across the entire company not just collaboration but around security as well as around our networking networking part of our portfolio as well all right thanks so much for that aruna appreciate your insights on the podcast and looking forward to chatting again in the future thank you so much daniel for having me on this call appreciate it And thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Market Scale Technology Podcast. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, make sure you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure you're also going to marketscale.com slash industries. There you'll find plenty of podcasts as well as articles and videos from a variety of different industries. And don't forget, make sure you're leaving a rating and a comment wherever you're listening to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.